Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. going on everybody it is saturday afternoon this is the dfs tailgate sam couldn't make it uh she may join a little bit later so i'm running it solo let's go through a couple of the questions let's go through the game some kind of uh you know different feelings than what we had on wednesday wednesday we were unsure of what the ownership was going to look like and it certainly changed injuries have changed and you know feelings thoughts and sentiment that's sentiment sentiment has changed so let's take a look let's see so first game we have is the new york giants versus the saints uh you know the big question that i had earlier in the week was do i want any part of this what kind of health was gonna be present on the giant side of the ball and now we know that sterling shepherd's out now we know uh, Darius Slayton's out. And so you're going to have some of these lower price wide receivers as options. Um, still not really interested in the Giants side of things. The Saints defense has been uh, pretty decent. On the other side, uh, I, I do believe Traquan Smith is coming back, and that's going to definitely change the dynamic uh, in that wide receiving, you know, trio quartet, whatever you want to call it from the Saints. Um, you know, just taking a kind of a, a look at this here. Let's see what I got them projected for. Give me a moment here. I guess that's a, we got that by quarterback, the wide receivers for the Saints. I have another screen here. Um, all of them are, are, are pretty low. Um, I'm not sure Traquan Smith is is for sure coming back. Let's see. Uh, nevertheless, I, you know, look, I, I'm not super interested in any of these wide receivers on this team. We haven't seen this be a high volume offense by any means in terms of the amount of plays that they run. They've been either super efficient or super inefficient. And, you know, overall, the, the upside for these guys is, is pretty minimal to me. Now, on the other side of things, I, I do really like the uh, the running back situation when you have Alvin Kamara. Um, the problem I guess I have was I believe that I was going to give him a pretty significantly low ownership. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. This is, this is kind of shifted and, you know, we have him, well, maybe, maybe it's shifted again. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, look, the big thing is if we can get Alvin Kamara tomorrow and if he's coming in under 15% ownership, he becomes a really interesting play. If he comes in under 10% ownership, I almost absolutely want to uh, make sure that Alvin Kamara has some type of exposure in my lineups. As you can see, Derrick Henry is going to be the highest owned running back, and that you know makes a ton of sense. But the one guy that's going to be priced around him, assuming that Dalvin Cook isn't playing, is going to be Alvin Kamara. And so he's going to be the guy that people are not looking at, but he still has that same two-touchdown upside. I love Alvin Kamara this week. That's pretty much the only thing that I have on that game. 
Now, when it comes to the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, you know, I've had the hardest time trying to figure out who I want to play on the Eagle side of things because I do believe that a, a Chief stack is something that I want to play, whether it's a double stack, whether it's a single stack, whether I play some single stacks or double stacks. I want exposure to this game. I almost always want exposure to the Chiefs, and, and a lot of times I like going ahead and uh, putting them together just on this basis that, you know, these two guys in the flex where when we take a look at it can put up a ton of points, but they're very, very difficult to, to stack together. You've got an $8,100 Travis Kelsey, you've got an $8,000 Tyreek Hill, and you're also going ahead and putting Patrick Mahomes. What I've seen out there a lot in the industry and what people are talking about is putting Jalen Hurts on there with one one guy coming back and then the double chief stack not going with Mahomes. I do think that we have enough value um, that we can try and get cute. We can put the Tyreek Hill. We can put the Travis Kelsey. And then you can even play a Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. You know, I'm not big on him. And obviously we went over that last week. But at 5,400 and against this Eagles defense that who we thought was good going into, you know, week two and week three, I, I don't have that same belief here in week four. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at here. When it comes to who we play on Philly, I just think you just pick one of them. Devontae Smith has not really done much. Uh, Jalen Rigor has seen an uptick in his targets, and some of these targets have been kind of high-value ones, or or I guess I shouldn't say that. Let me kind of pull this up. I'm just going off a memory there. Let me actually pull up the targets for him and these guys in this entire offense so Devonte smith and jalen regar have had pretty similar air yards well as of last week prior to that it was Devonte smith uh almost entirely in terms of a high value opportunities really has been Devonte smith in the end zone being targeted and then you know obviously greg ward had the one as well um, when I'm looking at some of the other guys here, we're seeing Zach Ertz. So, you know, it, it could be a situation where you do a, a double stack now of tight ends. Now, I know that there was just a discussion in the Discord. And as a matter of fact, that reminds me, I need to go ahead and post this in the Discord. I apologize. So very, very rarely am I ever going to be interested in playing two tight ends in anything but a cash game. But I, I guess you could make a case here that you could play a guy like Zach Ertz in the tight end spot at 3,500 or even a, you know on FanDuel and then take a Travis Kelsey into the flex. I think he's the one guy that presents a unique skill set, floor, ceiling, and just overall role in his offense that you can – utilize him you know kind of in the flex because he's like just a high price wide receiver so you're essentially not playing two titans at that point that's how he's drafted in season long so i, I guess to that extent it makes a, a, enough sense but probably not my favorite game we can move on um the next thing that we really wanted to talk about uh or we had questions about on wednesday's show which this is a carry carryover from was you know who do we play on the the Buffalo side of the ball was Josh Allen going to be something that we wanted to play. Um, you know, given the, given the line on this game that we just really don't necessarily think that this Houston team is going to be, I guess that this Houston team is going to be able to keep it 
keep it competitive. They're a 17-point underdog. They're on the road. They have almost no offensive weapons against a Buffalo Bills offense, which has really come to life after a really disappointing week one. Josh Allen balled out. We saw Emmanuel Sanders score twice. He's been involved. Cole Beasley has had double-digit targets two of the three weeks. And now, you know, we have a situation where it appears that, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs is going to come into this game sub 10% ownership. But let's take a quick look and see if that's still the case. So right over that, we got him about 12% um, under guys like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Mari Cooper, um, really high with Cole Beasley. So, you know, I don't know how often both of these guys go off together. I didn't really look into that. I, I look more into whether or not I think Buffalo can come out, put up the points that are necessary. Josh Allen can get 24, 32, or beyond in this type of matchup. And you really don't need to look much further than last week where they were up a ton, let the foot off the gas. Josh Allen didn't even finish the game, and he still put up 40 points. Now, I don't expect a five-touchdown performance, four through the air and one on the feet for him, but he's definitely still in play. I think this is definitely a Stefan Diggs week. He's kind of due when you look at just kind of the numbers that he's put up in comparison to the other offense. The only thing that he hasn't done yet is score. Um I mean, he, he did score, but he hasn't scored with the same frequency. He hasn't had that pop-off game. So this just feels like a Stefan Diggs week. It felt like a Mike Evans week two weeks ago. It felt like it was going to be a Mike Williams. But this this week kind of feels like it's Stefan Diggs, two touchdowns with Josh Allen. And, you know, you can definitely run it back uh, with Cooks if that's what you want to do. So um, I don't think you need to, though. You know, I talked about it this morning on – uh, Doc show, I, I think that you're just as fine running this as a, a single stack, Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs, not running anything back and kind of, you know, stacking your, your lineups elsewhere. So let's move on. Now, this Panthers-Cowboys game is is super, super intriguing to me because we are seeing some just gigantic ownership on some of the pieces here we've got amari cooper at, at 12 percent. i've seen him as high as 20 percent throughout the day you got cd lamb down here at eight percent that just kind of seems that seems wrong and i you know dj moore is another guy that i think is gonna be, end up around the 20 percent ownership mark uh just based off of the, the production that he's had with Sam Darnold and Dak Prescott here, I, you know, I think that this is definitely going to be a, a much higher ownership as well. So the problem, I guess, that I have with this game from the Cowboys side of things, and I talk about a, a little bit more in depth in the article, is that um, they have not necessarily been the same Cowboys team that we were used to last year. And that's a team that cannot stop anybody defensively. So if they can stop teams defensively and then get out to leads and protect those leads, I find them running the ball a lot more with Zeke. I find them running the ball a lot more with Pollard. I don't think that this offense becomes the explosion spot that it was previously. Um, and, oh, look who it is. It is in danger coming oh. fresh out of the line from McDonald's. Love it. What did you get? What did you get from McDonald's? Um, Big Mac, quarter pounder? Do you have – I mean, just tell me what's going on here. The quarter pounder, man, probably the worst burger I've ever had from McDonald's, and that's uh, that's saying something that wasn't good. Um but you know what, man? The flurry machine was working, so I got that looking forward to when we're done here. Nice, nice. I'm starting some drinking drinks here. Let me go ahead and send you oh. this. Oh, man. 
I got the two-hearted opening, though. I'm ready. All right, cool. Let's take this off and pow. There we go. All right. Boom. All right, look, man. Talk me off the hill. I'm going to start Henry and Kamara together. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, I think that's it, it's not a terrible thing to do. Um, I, I think you start your lineup with that and just decide that, that if you're going to do something like that, this is, these are the two pieces I'm going to build around, and I'm not really so much worried about how I can stack it. But sure. we will talk about a game where I think you can, I can actually do it, stack it and do that. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Ryan and Ridley, man. We can get it in. There it is. Matt Ryan, Ridley, throw a little Curtis Samuel maybe. Samuel K. And you know who um, you still get in in the wide receiver, man? You can put Cup in there. You can put Roger or, uh, Adams in there still. Okay. But yeah. you got to play the Lions defense. Or, well, yeah, that's fine. I don't have a problem playing the Lions defense. In fact, in a lot of my initial builds, the few that I've done so far, it was how do I fit this? And I'll take the Lions defense. And that's the way I went. Right. <laughs> Samuel and the Lions defense just opens it right up for you. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm talking about the Panthers and the Cowboys here. Okay. And the, the big thing that I've looked at is I've seen ownership projections pretty skewed towards Mari Cooper. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's 6K. Um, the problem I have is that this Panthers defense has looked really, really good. Uh, now, granted, they have not played anybody that I would consider is even really good. So what have we really seen? This is going to be a true test. They're on the road. Um I just think around 20% for Amari Cooper is a little bit absurd, especially when CeeDee Lamb's only 700 more, uh, probably half the ownership. If you want a piece, that's where I would go. But it, like Dak Prescott being the second highest owned quarterback is, is something that I've seen projected as well. And, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I'm not into it at all. I think Carolina is a very good defense. I, I don't like the way Pollard and Zeke are splitting. I don't really like the prices I'm getting for Cooper. I mean, yeah, six grand, cool. Um, man, I'm just liking to pay up a little bit. So let me put it to you this way. This is kind of what I came up with in that game. If I'm going to play it, I'm not playing like a Dak to Cooper. I'm not playing like um, – I, I think I'm playing Cooper and I'm going to play CeeDee Lamb and I'm going to play them together. And then I might play like Sam Darnold to – DJ Moore and build the lineup that way. I, I've heard, and and I don't know if you caught the earlier part of it, but what I've seen, I've seen some chatter on the Twitterverse about a Philly, Kansas City stack, but with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback and then double stacking that game with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So getting rid of Mahomes, getting Hurts since he's the central piece of the offense, I think you can do it here. I think you can do the same thing with Sam Darnold, put him with DJ Moore, because we know that he wants to go there, despite the there are reports coming out of, of Carolina that they want to get Robbie Anderson involved. And of course they do. <laughs> Just of course, right? <laughs> um, but I think that you're still going to see most of the targets get skewed towards DJ Moore. And so I don't I don't think that that's a problem. I mean, it's not there's no Christian McCaffrey. Who are they going to go to in the red zone? I think they're going to throw it a lot to DJ Moore. And, you know, he lines up all over the place. So I don't think he's going to have digs on him the majority of the time but you know Robbie Anderson definitely has the the better matchup it's just is he going to get 15 targets DJ Moore might yeah I like DJ Moore a lot in this game and um Darnold's been absolutely rocks out mm -hmm. yeah it's the Adam Gase thing like you said yeah for sure <laughs> quite, quite a funny memes that's been going around about that that's been for sure. highly entertaining uh, 
Yo, so the other question that me and Mark came up with was kind of like, is this Vikings game, I mean, is this the team that we're going to target throughout the entire year? Is this the team that's always going to be involved in a shootout? And if it is, you know, where do you want to go? You know, Osborne's still super cheap because he didn't show up. And that's the problem with these 3K wide receivers. There's a reason they're 3K, uh, 3,500, 37, sub four, whatever. There's a three at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a Justin Jefferson. It felt like it's a Justin Jefferson. Maybe it just feels like it's Justin Jefferson week every single week. I love Justin Jefferson. Uh, I I think he's in a good spot this week. I like the play. Uh, I think it's obvious where you come back from, and that's obviously Odell. And and I I mean, like, I don't know. I I think that there's still this belief that Cleveland doesn't shoot out, that, like, their, their ownership does not, just doesn't reflect it. Yeah, I think the problem with Cleveland is every time we think we have a beat on somebody, you know, like was it two weeks ago where all three of their top target um, receivers were all three tight ends. So it's just so difficult to pick something out of there. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Uh, I mean, Odell should be the guy that you run it back with. You got Justin Jefferson, you got Osborne. I mean, certainly – do we know about? Let me actually see the practice report. I, I think that Dalvin Cook is still questionable, but did he practice on Friday? Uh, I limited. It was a again. limited practice, so I don't know. Do they rush him back? It doesn't seem like they should. Um, hopefully, it's Madison. My a couple of my season long teams would like it, but agreed. I guess that's kind of where I'm at on this game is I still really haven't come to terms or grips with what I want. Odell's under 10% own. Justin Jefferson's on 10% own. This just feels like one of those games that could be a shootout and it's just not getting the attention, whether it be because of these, these old feelings we have for Cleveland, or like you said, it's hard to kind of pinpoint, but there are a lot of, teams that are hard to pinpoint it feels like a lot more this year than we've seen in years past yeah definitely um yeah i was kind of just looking through pricing here and i don't i don't like mayfield i I definitely like cousins um yeah the only one i really trust is maybe odell and uh i just hate the kareen hump question every week it's just so difficult to play with i just tend to avoid Mm mm-hmm yeah, and that uh, the Cleveland defensive line looked a lot better. Granted, it was against Chicago. I don't know if you saw the clip on Twitter where uh, literally Miles Garrett just like shifts through time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, is is this going to be a situation where, uh, like, are they going to be able to to stop it? Like, is this Minnesota offensive line going to be able to stop this? Like, I don't know. Yeah, Cousins has a real problem with pressure, and if he's getting pressured the whole game, it's going to be ugly. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think this is a game that you can pay attention to. It's one of the games that I, I, I pinned as a shootout that's a little bit off the board, and the ownership reflects that. Um, you know, the next game is not one that I have a lot of concerns about. It's one that I'm altogether not that excited about, but I do have some pieces that I want to play, and these are some of those value pieces. Of course, I beat at home. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, revenge game, playing the Colts, Mike Jacecki's birthday, <laughs> Carson Wentz, throwing shovel passes. I think Indianapolis comes in and gets a win. Um, I just, I don't know. I think you can get some value on in this Minnesota, on uh, the Miami side of things, but I wouldn't go crazy with it. This is a 42 total. And, you know, mind you, I think Brissett can 
put up some fantasy points, but this is simply because he's at 5K. You know what the problem here is for me, Chris, is that every time I look at this game, the name that keeps just calling my mouse click over to is Devontae Parker. And I just don't know if I can in good conscience click that button. And it's just like that gut feeling, that Johnny Danger gut feeling just says it's a Parker game, but I just ah, Yeah, but it hasn't been a Parker game for like forever years. No, I'm yeah. aware. I know. <laughs> That's why it's gross. Like obviously you just put it on Waddle because him and the uh in that offense have just been pretty good together or, or Gusecki, it's his birthday you know happy birthday. i guess you could get kind of crazy if you wanted to and if you thought that this game was going to be a lot more high scoring than it, it looks like it could be like a waddle Gusecki run it back with Pittman. I, I do really like Pittman in this game and think he's the obvious run back from indianapolis i mean not just this week but every week and then of course if you wanted to like one off a, a guy here i think will fuller is still always viable at 4800 you know he's going to score two touchdowns on two catches for like 200 yards at some point this this year. It's just what do you do? Absolutely. How do you feel about Naheem Hines? I'm having a hard time with um, value running backs this week. Just a one-off, like don't pair him with anybody. You just end up with that salary, and so you slot him in there. No, I don't think Naheem Hines is the way to go. I mean, you, you got a touchdown from him last week. I played him in the I early get that, only but like Taylor, but... Taylor doesn't look healthy. Uh, I mean, I I play Taylor at sixty three hundred. I, I have no problem with it um, in a GPP. But yeah, I mean, here here's the thing. This is the problem with this game. This is the problem with a couple of the games this week. Is that there are so many spots to attack, especially in the late window, which just seems like it's been the case throughout this year. Um, I, I don't know if I really want to mess around too much with a forty two total. Yeah, the only the only piece I'm falling on this game at all is. Um is Hines when it just fits in a running back slot when I decide to go super stop, heavy on the, don't on do the wide it. receivers. But don't do it. I don't think he'll make it in there because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get Kamara. I'm trying to get, uh, I like Carson. You know, there's a lot of guys at the top, so it's probably going to be cheaper wide receivers and not cheaping out on running backs. Yeah. I mean, look, if you want to go to a cheap running back and, and that's absolutely what <laughs> your mind is set on, I, I don't love it, but I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 54, Chase Edmonds at 55. They're both right there. Even Zach Moss at 53 is kind of semi-reasonable. And I know that there's a guy that we're going to talk about in a little bit that you're going to disagree with. But, uh, well, you know, there's another guy that's a little cheap, but not quite as cheap as Hines, but pretty close. Close enough that you'd be able to fit him in. Um, this game, I don't think that we need to talk much about. There was uh, a question, is it Henry and the defense? Are they must plays against the Jets? I, I don't think they're must plays, but they're as close to it as possible. Uh, Derek Henry in uh, high stakes, single entry, small field stuff is probably going to be 35 40%, which makes it pretty attractive to go ahead and try and fade him. Um, you know, larger field stuff, probably 20 to 25%. But I just, I look, I, I get it. He needs to score like once or twice, but like he's going to. He, he's going to score this week. Yeah. And he's probably going to score twice. Like there's just nobody else on this team right now. There and they, they don't need him. That's the other thing. So Chris, here, here's the problem, Chris. It's very difficult to go 0-16. Is this a game that the Jets can just pull off? Well, it's 0-17 these years. Right, 0-17, right? Um, no, I don't think that this is a game that they pull off. You just I mean, they're at home, and like literally all the weapons are out for Tennessee, except for Henry. Uh, I mean, unless this is a Corey Davis, like, super mega revenge game. I saw that somebody asked him, like, did Tennessee try and uh, retain him? And he's like, no. And yeah, that hurt a little bit, but I'm happy to be here. Um, 
you know, <laughs> sorry, I mean, Corey, dude, Tennessee's like... defense is just trash, though. So, I mean, I could just I could end up seeing the Jets score on the first drive and then Tennessee trying to play catch up and just loading the box and saying, yeah, man, just beat me with Westbrook. Beat me with Chester Rogers. Yeah, I think they'd still beat him with Henry. I don't, oh, definitely. I mean, definitely. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I literally they could have is... all eleven guys. <laughs> like this isn't. The, they could let Westbrook a... run wide open like Auden Tate did right. when I had an anytime touchdown score. Auden Tate wide open. Joe Burrow decides to get stuffed in the one. Westbrook could be out there. Uh, the other dude could be out there, and they'll still give it to Henry, and he's still going to run over the Jets. And it's not even a matter of the offensive side of things. The the Jets can't protect Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson can't throw the ball to anybody because they're not open. The, I am so happy that Robert Sala, I believe, did not end up in Detroit. That Stan Campbell, he's a he's a good coach for where we're at. I look, I'm not interested. Don't want it. I don't think this is a trap game. No. No. no, I mean I'm not no. saying here. I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to put a bet on the Jets. I'm just saying it's really hard to go 0 and 17. And yeah, there are other games when teams are are banged up later in the season. No, like mm-hmm. like look, if they didn't have Derrick Henry and you know their running back was like Clyde edwards hilaire or something like that, yeah, but uh, they can rely on Henry. Well, look, man, I got five lineups in a in a dollar, you know, twenty max right now, and four of those lineups have Henry in it. So I'm not, you know. I'm not yeah. saying play no. against that. I was, just, I was just talking. Just just chatting. Just chit-chatting. Look, that's not what we do here. We ask questions. <laughs> we answer them. Okay? The question hey. wasn't, can the Jets win a money line here, Danger? Stop it. <laughs> the better right. question is, can the Lions win on the money line yes. in Chicago? That's do we the right want question. to play Swift? Do we want to play Hawkinson? Can we play them together? Yes. What yes. about Montgomery? What about Fields? Um, I, look, hey. Here's my thing. I think the Lions win. I don't want to play anybody on the Chicago offense. I love the fact that Montgomery looks like he's going to probably be the second highest owned running back, and I get it. Totally get it. Uh, but I don't want to play it. I want to play the Lions. Yeah, I want to play some Swift. I want to play some Hawkinson. The players that you tried to run against the Lions last week, like that didn't work. Like, yeah. Well, so here's here's the thing that I have is. Just so you know, I built seven lineups, and I'm 100% Detroit Lions defense right now. So, <laughs> I mean, I like it, too. <laughs> I like it, too. There's not a lot of cheap ones down there. I think, like, Carolina is the next step up mm-hmm. at 26, and that's, uh, you know, they're going against a competent offense. They, they might be a competent defense going against a competent offense, and we have, like, two incompetent teams here. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, I've seen him fluctuate, okay? So I've seen him as high as 15% right now. I've got him down around seven, sub 10. That's where I think he's going to lie as I kind of crowdsource these all together. I like Swift if he's under 10%. I think he has a a nice enough involvement in – oh, I'm – well, this is why I'm I'm on – actually, I was like, that's really expensive for Swift. (laughs) Uh, I don't like him on on FanDuel. My my bad. Okay, so there it is. Yeah, so I I still have him between 10 to 15%, uh, 6,200. I think that kind of – uh, the concerns in his groin injury are not quite there anymore. I still think you have concern for Swift that like he gets injured in the first quarter, aggravates it, and goes out, but not enough that I fade him. At 6,200, his involvement in the passing game against a bad Chicago team, even with a low total, even on the road, is something that I'm probably going to rely pretty heavily on because you know the comparable guys around there are guys like Najee Harris, and we'll talk about him later, and I absolutely hate that play, but I like Swift, and I really, really like Hawkinson big thing for me is that we were everybody was like on Hawkinson last week right 
he has a bad game and now he's like all of a sudden projected to come in sub five percent sub three percent maybe like two percent that's crazy to me like he still has a possibility of getting 10 targets two touchdowns or at least one uh at 56 5800 i i think hawkinson's a great play can i play kelsey and hawkinson together yeah i wouldn't <laughs> i mean you can i talked about it earlier um double tight end has taken some big tournaments a few times yeah, not really. Um, I think you're misremembering. I think you can play like a cheaper tight end. I talked about like a Zach Ertz, but like Hawkinson's just a little bit too expensive that you're paying the premium on a tight end and then you're paying a premium on Kelsey, like an Uber premium. So you're going to have to get really cheap. So you're going to have to do some of those cheap running back situations and that's not going to feel comfortable. No, not at all. Well, I've got a cheap tight end I like that we'll get to in the afternoon slate. So. Uh, okay, I hate him. I already know it. I know you do. <laughs> All right. I'm aware that you hate him. So this is a game that I, you know, the next one. Um, Washington football team, Atlanta. I talked about it this morning with Doc. Uh, this is kind of the sneaky staff for me. A lot of people are, you know, sleeping on this. Uh, a lot of people have written off Atlanta. I watched uh, quite a few shows throughout the week where they just, like, think Atlanta sucks. Maybe they do. They probably do. They're right. Uh, but there's a chance that they're wrong. And if they're wrong, this is a fantastic spot for this team. Just given the price, like you've seen this Washington football team give up oogobs, oogobs of points to wide receivers. Calvin Ridley's a guy that can, you know, take advantage of that. Old Mead Zacchaeus, you know, is at 4,100. A little pricey for me, but, you know, Kyle Pitts. He's not too expensive. He's at 5000 I love both of those pieces. I love the runback options, too. You know, when we talk about stacking in baseball, you want a complete lineup so it turns over. When we're talking about, you know, stacking a game in football, we want teams that can run it back and be competitive. Not only have we seen this Washington football team go down, like, whatever, uh, 30 to nothing, and then come back and make it competitive and at least have some fantasy relevance and, and keep the other team honest, but this isn't the Buffalo Bills. So we've got Terry McLaren. We've got a 3,000 Curtis Samuel, which I think significantly downgrades Logan Thomas. So I'm not talking about him. But when we're talking about that you know, 6K running back, like the David Montgomery, I think a pivot is Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, 6,100, playing this Atlanta defense. I think you can play Antonio Gibson even if you think Washington's going to lose. And this Atlanta defense has given up 22, 19, and 29 points to fantasy running backs. I think the role that J.D. McKissick had is a, a little bit overstated and blown out of proportion based off of that one prime time game. I, I love all parts of this game, and I can't wait to play it and be completely wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Nope. I have been riding Atlanta for three straight weeks. It has not worked, but I'm not a quitter. Okay. I'm not a quitter, man. I, I still love Woods. <laughs> I still love Atlanta. I, I don't quit. So when it comes to Calvin Ridley, the last time Calvin Ridley was 7K, let's just go back and see if I can find this. Um, like the beginning of last season. Now, granted, a different role in the offense. I totally get it. Uh, but the last time he was 7K or sub-7K, I should say, he scored two touchdowns. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to completely gloss over the November 22nd game where he was 7K and 
you know, pretend that one didn't happen. And I'm going to just go all the way down to like September 20th. Move along. <laughs> so, hey, look, I love this game. I think you can stack up all pieces. The one thing that I'm, I am staying away from is Logan Thomas. I'm even semi-interested in Mike Davis at 5,100. Now, I know that that's a guy that's really burned you. But when we take a look at what Mike Davis has done or had the chance done because he had the chance to do because he hasn't done anything you know his target share is similar to cordell patterson his targets overall are obviously similar his high value opportunities you know chances in the red zone whether it's targets runs are vastly higher he just has not been able to convert which was always a problem that i had with mike davis as a consistent running back being able to cash in in these spots but he's got to score a touchdown at some point I mean, I guess he doesn't have to. I mean, he could be out of the league, but I think Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis scores this week. I would like that. I got stuck with him in a few uh, leagues where I drafted heavily wide receiver. So that's 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 kind of my proclamation here. I like every part of this. Play wherever you want. Um, let's get into this Arizona team with their quartet of wide receivers and the dynamic duo of Cooper Cup and the disappointing Robert Woods. So, are you going back to Robert Woods here? 5,300. They are daring you to play him. They are how, daring how you can to I not, Chris, how can I not, man? At three weeks, I've played him every single week. If I walk away from him this week, he throws up 27. If I play him, he throws up six. I'm going to play him. I'm going to play him. I can't stop. I can't stop. Yeah, the incredible nature of, uh, of this, though, is that Cooper Cup is still coming in uh, despite the $1,000 price increase, around 20% ownership, probably going to be higher than that. And I totally get it. But, like, Cooper, Cooper Cup can't keep this up, right? Man, I am oh, all sure. over the place. No way. Uh, so I mean, we're, waiting, it, we're waiting for those couple of games he gets dinged up and doesn't play. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. I'm going to have some Cooper Cup. I'm going to have a little bit. But I think – interesting stack is Robert Woods and Van Jefferson with Matthew Stafford. And who does that remind you of? Can you, can you, can we pick out a game that, that kind of is like that? Like the, the primary receiver uh, didn't really score well. And then two secondary ones did. Do you know what I'm digging at? Yeah. Yeah. It was Josh Allen, Manny Sanders and Cole Beasley last week. So it does not feel comfortable playing Robert Woods and Van Jefferson, but it allows you to, you know, get exposure to this game, maybe run it back with DeAndre Hopkins and maybe play Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry. All right. I'm going to try that while you keep talking. All right. That's, that's about all I have here on this game. Um, I'm not against playing Cooper cup, but I think that this has to stop at some point, you know, a big part of his production has been bolstered around the touchdown scoring. He's not going to score two touchdowns every single week. And if he does, I don't even know what he's going to be priced at the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a feeling as we go into this Seattle, San Francisco game that is this where you have a cheap tight end that you like, man, you know, I mean, it's not pretty, but when you're trying to shove a bunch of stuff in there, if ever doesn't play, you got Disley. Um, All you need is three catches, 25 yards and a score. It's a lot uh, I, to ask, maybe. It is, but... I Look, I contend that you need a lot more than that. Like, if you're going <laughs> to play a guy at this price... Well, if you're playing you really him, you got him. studs everywhere else. 
if I'm yeah, playing, but like, if I'm you, playing the Lions D and I'm playing Will Disley, I mean, I got like six K guys everywhere. Yeah, but I want Will Disley at that point to six X for me. Sure. Okay. No. Yeah. So he needs to get like 15, 16 points. And I don't think Will Disley is going to get 15, 16 points. I don't want to play Will Disley. I was thinking about putting in my article about how much I hated him because he's like the second highest owned tight end. Uh, yeah. And then I just realized I didn't want to write about Will Disley. I had uh, no interest in writing about Will Disley. So I deleted that portion and decided to move on. But no, I'm glad that you brought it is, is Evan Ingram. But sometimes uh, when I'm trying to slap how many Henry and uh, Kamara lineups I can put together, it just happens. So let me give you another tight end that's kind of inexpensive. He's at that 3K mark. He's from the game that we were just talking about. He's seen 10 targets over the last two weeks. His name is Max Williams. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I can get behind that too. That That's an option you have, especially if you want to get a little weird in that other game. You want exposure to it. Um, because as we've seen, you know, how many Sundays have started off where you've typed something into our WhatsApp <laughs> chat and you're like, who are these dudes Like that just scored the first three touchdowns? Um, uh, it was the one guy, Brandon Zylstra yeah. was one. And then I can't remember who the other guy was like, so like weird guys can score touchdowns. Max Williams gets a touchdown. Uh, he's not owned. I'd rather play Max Williams over Will Disley because Will Disley's at 10% and Max Williams is going to be at, I think I played him last week and he came up as 0% owned. Like it wasn't even 0.01%. <laughs> it was just zero. They're like, you don't even have this guy. And then yeah. he got like a target. And I was like, man, I am the smartest person in the world. I'm playing <laughs> Max Williams. And then I think that was like, like one of his, I think he had two or three targets early and that was all he got. So I was yeah. smart for a little bit, but smart for a minute. Um, how do you feel about the other guys here? So we've got George Kittle, we've got Debo Samuel, we've got Brandon Ayuk, um, probably not playing Muhammad Sanu. We saw Ayuk have a little bit of an increased role. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that can be attributed to Jair Alexander, the coverage he had on Debo Samuel. And to some extent, uh, the deficit that they got into and that same coverage probably bolstered the targets that Kittle got. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of like – so. I'm a Debo guy, you know that. So I'm, I'm sticking with Debo on that side. On the other side, uh, one of our favorite people to target against over the last few years just signed as the um, slot corner for Seattle or for uh, San Francisco in Buster Screen. So I'm kind of hoping Lockett doesn't play and I can just like shove some very cheap Swain in there. Do you know any other secondary players? <laughs> like, do you know? Can you name three other slot corners? Uh, I don't know. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Buster Screen, and that's a problem. Right. Like, my point is here: if Johnny Danger knows to attack Buster Screen so in the slot, else. so yeah. do so <laughs> do defensive coordinators. Yep. Uh, look, for what it's worth, I can probably name like two. So right. uh, I'm not knocking your lack of knowledge on that. <laughs> um, so but let's hope Lockett gets beat up and we play some Swain. Yeah, I mean, I think Lockett's going to play. Uh, he had a full practice on Friday, uh, DK Metcalf, limited practice. Neither of them, oh, I guess Lockett is questionable, but yeah, we'll see. Um, so let's talk about Najee Harris in this game. Najee Harris, uh, Pittsburgh, Green Bay. Um, I don't know, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't see any reason that Najee Harris should be as highly owned as he is but, being projected. But did you know he sees 100% of snaps? I heard that. I heard that, I think, somewhere. Um, I mean, I like him okay. It's fine. Um, yeah, but look, he's fifteen. Fine. He's going to be 15 to 20%. He's more expensive yep. than he has been. 
And from what I can see, it looked like uh, Juju is going to play. It looked like Deontay Johnson is going to play. Chase Claypool is the only guy that is questionable at this point to play. So I don't think we're going to see Harris with all of those carries. I think that they're going to be behind. So he does have some upside in the passing game because he's still going to see targets. But on the other side of things, I I think this is an Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. And I, I like actually stacking it with Aaron Rodgers. He is a guy that is going way under owned, not talked about. And, you know, I talked about it with Lou. Lou, I, I think Lou's calling this game like a 35 35 points from green bay is what he is expecting yeah i like it a lot you would not be shocked to to know that i've already done my rogers adams i'm trying to i'm trying to fit adams everywhere i can absolutely everywhere i can i agree i mean i just i don't understand how he's playing He's very clearly concussed they brought him back into the game and he ruined no no he's just he's built different Remember? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he said he's different. All right, so let's talk about this last game and uh, get going because MMA sounds like you got somebody in the background there too. <laughs> um, we saw Javante Williams. We saw Melvin Gordon both score touchdowns last week. Javante Williams almost got two touchdowns, which would have been beautiful. Lamar Jackson threw as many touchdowns basically to Marquise Brown as those guys <laughs> scored. The only problem was Marquise Brown did not catch any of them. Here's my thing. I love Marquise Brown this week. Uh, consumer confidence is at an all-time low. People are not going to play him sub 3%. 5,400, though, in a fairly tough matchup. I think they have to go to Marquise Brown early and often. Easy catches so he can get his confidence up. If he drops one of those first couple passes, though, lights Ooh, out. And good. then it's uh, like a, a marketing type thing. Yeah. But I mean, we talked about this Sunday afternoon, right? I mean, after the games are over, we were in our little chat here and we said something along the holy crap, like I just watched the highlights from this game. He literally dropped three wide over t- wide open touchdowns. And your first response was, I'm playing them next week because nobody will want it. And here's the thing. Yeah, he dropped them. And you said this this morning. I, I listened to you this morning on SiriusXM, by the way. Oh, um, nice. And you said it this morning. You're like, yeah, he dropped three touchdowns, but they threw him three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, hopefully he can get one of them. Yeah. Um, other side of things, I like Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant's probably my favorite piece out of this uh Broncos offense. Just we have seen the secondary for Baltimore be really good so i I have concerns despite the great price on Cortland sutton at 5700 that he's not going to end up producing same thing with tim patrick so marquise brown no fan that's kind of the the stack that i want to go through yeah those are the only pieces i like in this game a little javante williams here or there um just in the thought process but they've never actually sat in the lineup when i was done building it yeah i guess the problem is that this baltimore defense while you know didn't come into the season as well regarded as some of the other ones. Um, they were good against the Chiefs. Actually, looking back on it, they they gave up a ton of points to the running backs in Detroit, a ton of running back points in the Vegas game. Yeah, maybe Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon is is the play. Uh, I hadn't looked that far deep into it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I like I like the Williams. I don't know about Gordon. I just feel like one of these games he's just gonna drop off, and Williams is gonna run for like one fifty and a and a touch. And I want to be on the Williams side. Uh, but yeah, I agree. The one thing that Melvin Gordon has that just absolutely mystifies me because every time I watch him, uh, it, it's always the same thing. If he's like in between the twenties, 
his running style sucks. He looks terrible. He has no burst. He has no ability to like, well, I guess he has burst, but he has no ability to get into a position to burst. He's not elusive. You get within the 20 and somehow it's just like a different running back. Like he is elusive. <laughs> People can't tackle him. Somehow he, I don't think I've seen as many, you know, 15 yard rushes for touchdowns as you see from Melvin Gordon. Like, He's not a goal line back. You don't even want him within the five. You want him between the 10 and the 20, and that's the only place that he's going to run balls. It's weird. When, when you watch him, you know, pay attention to it. it, it it's the strangest thing. It has no bearing on fantasy because you can't predict it, but I just felt like saying that. Nah, agree. All right. Well, hey, that was the tailgate show. Uh, join us tomorrow morning. We've got a start-sit show that uh, starts at around, what, 1030, 1015, 10 o'clock? I don't know. What time is it? You tell me. You tell <laughs> 10, me. Over in the premium Discord at drroto.com. You have to be a site member in some fashion to get into that Discord. Uh, you've got me feeding start sit questions for your seasonal lineups with Doc from 10.30 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. Eastern. And then we immediately slide into the DFS chat for uh, Chris and I talking about where we ended up with our lineups, giving last-minute advice, last-minute stacks, and picking the best defense of the, of the week. Absolutely. I'm going to comb through these games. I'm going to have some answers for you. And then, Danger, do you know what starts on Tuesday? Oh, Worlds, baby. Worlds. And do you know what starts the Monday after that? I'm going to tell you this. Like, be excited. It starts at 7 a.m. ends. the last game is going to be around 2, 3 o'clock. We're going to have, like, eight-game slates. I don't know how DK is going to do it. But we're going to have right. eight-game slates for, <laughs> like, four days. Not looking forward to those articles. But yeah. probably do some videos. It's going to be exciting. Uh, you know. If you're watching this for free, drop on over to the Discord, get a membership. Uh, let's take it from there. Yeah, Chris and I are in there like literally all day, every day. So we will happily answer questions. And I know you're tired of hearing about it, Chris, but you did win 40K last week. And we talked about the strategy that you did in that lineup, in that Discord, when you live looked and saw that Tom Brady in the afternoon slate was under 4% owned. And you said, that's where I'm building. And Oh, voila. That was in the Discord last Sunday morning. Absolutely. So let's try and uh, let's get up to six figures this week. I like it. All right. Do you want to you hit the button and take us out? I'm going to hit the button. All right. Gonna, go for I'm it. I'm going to get out of here. For Johnny Danger, Chris Emmerich, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.